The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Previously on ARC. All that's, right. that's the scenario I always have. It's like, everyone always asks me, what's your favorite game of all time? Like, well, I could write you a novel if you'd like. <laughs> right. the extraterrestrial. Maybe the top last yeah. Because then I started thinking about Dark Souls. I'm like, oh, Dark Souls is really good. And then I started thinking about like Tetris with, that Omar brought up. Oh, that was amazing. And then you mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm like, oh, that's a masterpiece. So it's like, when does it end, you know? And I just played a little more like a Hyperlight Drifter. I got, you know, because I didn't finish that game. That was really good. Uh, yeah. And then ha- Halo. Like, oh I my mean, God. Halo is such yeah, a big Halo. part of mine. Yeah. Halo was beautiful. Half-Life 2. That's my yep. <laughs> See, it's like you could go for days. Mm-hmm. You can just go doom all the dooms, yeah. old and new. When a piece of art can evoke such a strong and powerful emotion, it's natural to want to share that. But is it possible to share that emotion if you use a different medium? Through the years, movies have been the medium of choice to adapt many different forms of art, such as theater, novels, comic books, and now video games. Unfortunately, the adaptation from video game to screen has not seen much success, and some of the worst movies ever made are ones based on video games. In this third episode of a three-part series, on this episode of ARC, my friends Jennifer Galvin, Neil Pitts, and I discuss with Adam Chirac of the Gaming Marathon about memorable movies made from video games and whether or not certain video game titles can be adapted to the big and small screens. This is ARC. God bless television. To the movies, to good movies, to every possible kind. Make it so. Where are my dragons? Welcome to Earth. Stick around. No slices for white. Clever girl. And they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'm 37? Are you the key master? I'm Omar. Who the hell are you? Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Arts Review and Commentary. I'm your host, Omar Latiri, and thank you all for listening. Joining me are my friends Jennifer Galvin, Neil Pitts, and one of the co-hosts of the Gaming Marathon, Adam Chirac. This episode is the third in a three-part series on video games, with part one focusing on how video games have shaped our lives and careers through the decades, and part two focusing on what makes a good video game. So here we are in part three of this three-part video game podcast special for ARC, and we are going to talk about adaptations from video games to movies. And whether or not that's even a worthy goal. Now, before we begin, let me give you an idea of what or, or how poorly this uh, medium has done. And I'm talking strictly from video games to movies and not the other way around. Because you can come up with a whole bunch of successful movies to video games. The one that comes to mind easiest, of course, is GoldenEye. Agreed. So. I'm on the Rotten Tomatoes page, and they have a page called 43 Video Games Ranked Worst to Best. And And video games weren't known for their writing or their story until pretty recently, I would think. Well, what are video games that you consider having a good story? Oh, that's a really good question. The video games that I would think would, like, so I guess that the question would really be, like, what video games would translate accurately to a screen? And I would think, well, first of all, like, so Alien Isolation was a video game from a movie. And right. It was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie was also very well, well written. Beyond, so Horizon Zero Dawn is probably the first game I played in f- the past five years that was a video game exclusive that would survive and thrive on a movie screen. I would think it's probably the only one. Maybe maybe the new God of War too, because it was, you yeah. know, chucked everything else out the window for the past three God of Wars, and then they were like, and it was just a, a different story. And but the the thing is, is that movies really suffer from a timing issue. It's really hard to get right. 
So the timing in a video game is different than a timing in a movie. And like that was definitely very well done in God of War. Maybe it wouldn't survive on the screen. I don't know. But those, I think those two might have been the only ones that would have a shot. But I, I mean, unless there's other ones. Well, I, I just wanted to say, in my mind, Mortal Kombat is the definitive video game to movie hmm. uh, release. And I found that it aged really well. Like when it first came out, it was terrible. It was terrible. But upon rewatch, it's it's very campy good, I feel. Like yeah. uh, you're not watching it for all the same reasons that you watched it back then. Now you can sort of comfortably laugh at it because technology and video games have, have leaped so far ahead. That... I was going to say of current video games that could also be pretty well uh, and turned into a movie with the right director would probably be the Metal Gear Solid series because as out there as those stories are, they are pretty engaging. So when you play something like even just the first Metal Gear Solid, lots of out there characters, lots of storylines that come together and uh, they could probably squeeze that into a probably a two hour movie. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I'm going to throw something else in there. If we're talking about we wish this video game was a movie, for me, that's Overwatch. Because Overwatch separates its lore from its gameplay very well. And the lore of Overwatch would easily make a very good movie. Yeah, you have to seek it out. It's not something that they throw up in there during the game. Right. Let me give you uh, an example of what I'm talking about. So I pulled up. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is page 43 video game movies ranked from best to worst. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is second from the last. And that was a terrible movie. Um, but Mortal Kombat, the one that we all know and love, is actually at number six. And uh, here are number from five to one. For five, Rampage from uh, 2018. Uh, That's just because of The Rock. That's the uh-huh. only reason. Uh, right. Number four, Tomb Raider, the one with Alicia Vikander, not the one with uh, Angelina Jolie. Number three, this year's Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. Okay. And number two, yeah. last year's Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Okay. Um, which is, yeah. I, I saw it. I did not, but I've heard good things. It was, uh, it was fun. I'm afraid, yeah. And number one, and when they say number one, this is the number one best reviewed, you know, most aggregate. Uh, you know, it had the most reviews. I'm sorry, most good reviews. Is the Angry Birds movie two? Um, oh, I, which, that's such BS. Which I refuse to see because it's like less of a game than it is an app. Right. It's not even a game. It's not even past a casual. Disagree. Disagree. Totally yeah. a game. Get off my lawn. <laughs> throw birds at you. Okay. It's definitely it's a game, but I. It's definitely a game, but I think there's kind of a sour taste in a lot of true hardcore gamers' mouths when you try to equate mobile games with console or PC games. Right. It's there's, sort of like saying I'm definitive now, divide. Yeah. I'm not waiting for the New York Times crossword puzzle movie. And <laughs> but I, this I is I feel like everyone in here really appreciates story and that game that was that's a casual game. Right. But that's, that's like saying Bejeweled, the mu- movie, and it's just like <laughs> Candy Coming crash. soon to the- coming soon to theaters. It's solitaire. <laughs> Right. That's what made it a good movie is because they could insert a good movie format story on top of it. And it still had the base elements of the game. We got one for Angry Birds. Okay. Now let me uh-huh. let, let me let me let me take um give you really what also what I mean in perspective. So I gave you the top five, but you have to understand now, of those movies, of the forty-three, only the top three had a uh, certified fresh rating from Rotten Tomatoes, meaning it scored above 60%, meaning 60% uh, of the so reviews like were garbage? positive. Is that what you're saying? Say again? So they were hot garbage. Yeah. Uh, uh, most <laughs> of the movies were hot garbage. And uh, at least, you know, the reviews thought so. And there's really a hard way to get around that. Uh, now, I've seen, um, in prep for this episode a ton of movies that were adapted from video games. For example, um, like I just watched Prince of Persia, I just watched Sonic, and I just watched Warcraft. And I never played any of those, with the exception of Sonic and just for a little bit, because I didn't have Sega. So 
I'll tell you this. I enjoyed Warcraft, the movie. I enjoyed Sonic, the movie. Uh, and I kind of enjoyed Prince of Persia. And in doing the research, you know, watching uh, clips from, you know, older versions of Prince of Persia and older versions of Warcraft, you know, from the uh, RTS to the MMORPG versions, it's like, what is the point of adapting something? Who's it for? Exactly. The, the studio execs that want to make money. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I, mean, I mean, I could see, like, Sonic is a, it's a very feel-good movie in a lot of ways. Like, even that's a good story. They, I think they did do well with the story in the, in the sense that I've seen the trailer. <laughs> Hang on one second. Sure. I think the problem with a lot of movies that um, are released, period, is that they have little to no support from the actual video game companies. Uh, Mario Brothers comes to mind because Nintendo had very, very, very little involvement with that one. And Bob Hopkins went on record and said it was the worst movie that he ever did. Well, Prince um, of Persia, Jordan, what's his face? The guy who wrote Prince of Persia, he wrote the story for Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. So yeah, he did. Well, he, he made the original Prince of Persia. Right. So he was heavily involved in that. And I think Ed Boon was involved to some extent in uh, definitely the first Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. uh, but even still, like, what does it mean to want a good movie from a video game? What are you what are you expecting? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, there's there's a challenge because Sands of Time, like the Sands of Time were a mechanic in the game. Like, I don't think a game mechanic translates really well to a movie. But if you can separate the story from the mechanic, I think you're on track. Which is what I, I think. I have, I have, so go ahead, the Neil. The way I look at it is replay value. So not what the studio execs want, but what the fans want is replay value. They want the world to come alive as much as possible, whether inside or outside. And, and maybe this is not a great example. Uh, maybe it is. But I think about video games that become anime. There is uh, one called Fate Slash Go. That's a mobile game that was a, well, maybe it went the other way around. Fate was uh, an anime before a video game, if I'm not mistaken. But there's, it, it's, it's really an attempt to bring the world larger than life as much as possible. So like when you're hunched in front of your tiny monitor or your tiny TV, and you're in this world, you're super immersed in it, and then you have to shut it off. You're like, eh, it's no good. I want everybody to see this and be everybody be involved. And that's what the movie is supposed to be about. Yeah, I would agree. Like, that's the thing is like, I think story ranks high on my list. And, and when I look at a story that, as long as all parts of the story are not like attached to a mechanic, like, it would translate really well, right? There's a lot of Bioshock that would translate really well to a movie, and there's a lot of like, you know, there, it's not part of the mechanic; it's just part of the ambiance, and that actually makes a lot of sense. And Prince of Persia makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Like, there's a lot of movies about that 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 tap into the history of 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 you know old countries and old conflicts and things like that. But well, with you know, Prince of Persia, the none of that was really historically accurate in any way. But I think that is forgivable when you're doing what is essentially an Aladdin ripoff mm -hmm. and yeah mm -hmm. it's just like a yeah a fictional story centered in his quasi historical context right I agree. Uh, and I'm gonna throw a counterpoint in here Bioshock should have been a book <laughs> no I agree with that too and in fact it was based on many it was based on many books the issue that I think a lot of movies and movie studios face when trying to make a video game movie is that a lot of what plays out in a video game is action by the user. It is very, very hard to build that into a narrative because a lot of that involves grindy gameplay and no one who's going to go to a movie is going to want to see the main character run down a hallway and kill 50 to 60 monsters to level up. You're going to get right to the point of the story, the cutscenes. All that stuff. And then another problem, in my opinion, too, is that it almost seems like it's marketing in reverse. Mortal Kombat got huge because of its notoriety with violence. They wanted to chime in with a movie 
because it was the hottest thing going on right now. It's usually the other way around. Like when Batman came out, Batman was the attraction and then all the other licensing and all the other tie-ins were like McDonald's, toys, all that and whatnot. So in essence, when you have a Mortal Kombat movie, they're doing it because the game is so huge and the movie's an afterthought, but they're trying to cash in. Not vice versa, where the movie, something that's like Batman, is the attraction, and then say like McDonald's is trying to cash in, Toys R Us is trying to cash in. God, I feel old saying that when they don't aren't around anymore. <laughs> um, but you know, kind of, it almost works in reverse. And then when you're fighting backwards like that to try to make a successful movie, it just doesn't seem Sonic the Hedgehog and the Pokemon movies seem to be the real outliers in all this. They seem to be the ones that really buck that trend. But back then, with Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Mario Brothers. Uh, it, it was probably in that reverse kind of marketing deal. Well, with uh, Sonic, I was surprised at how well it worked. And I realized that it worked because it didn't stick to what we were expecting. Because basically, the game, the video game, is just, uh, as far as gameplay is concerned, it's Sonic collecting coins and then defeating Dr. Robotnik, right? Rings, I'm Omar, please get it right. <laughs> did i just say coins you said coins. oh it's my fine. god no 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 no. that's that's terrible that's terrible oh wow jeez that's uh, that's like saying you uh, know i love chun li in mortal kombat yeah, it's <laughs> yeah all right so I'm, yeah i'm gonna jump in here with something real quick something that tries to capture the same spirit of a movie in a game is auto highlights and i don't know many games that do this elaborate but, so in overwatch for example Overwatch, when you play a match, somebody that gets a really good play will get auto-recorded as a video and played back for the entire two. Both teams will see the, the, the highlight. So maybe somebody comes in at the last second and does like a special move and blows up the whole team, the opposite team, and then that will get highlighted. And I feel like, you know, some of that action, that video action that you kind of want out of a movie, you get in those kind of auto highlights. So it, it's it's like a really tiny microcosm. It, it's sort of the um, TikTok of uh, video game movies, I think. Well, yeah, but then that's just, you know, however many seconds, and how do you justify 90 to 100 minutes of expanding that to fill out a feature well, film? Most of the time you can't, as your list clearly proves. You know, something that comes to mind is a special moment in like an MMORPG game. Like I remember playing EverQuest 1 and a big problem in EverQuest 1 when I played was um, some noob leading a train of super red monsters all the way across a map zone. And you had just entered the map zone and you're looking at like the, the low level monsters around, you're seeing all the people, you're like, oh, it's a nice day out here. And then the train comes, the huge mob comes and wipes out everybody in its path as the noob runs to safety to try and get to the other zone. Like, you can't replicate that sort of um, confluence of events and thoughts and feelings all at once. It, it just, it happens in the moment. So often you can't justify it. There's other media, too, that taps into it. So that's not appropriate for, like, a movie, but there's, like, there's definitely series that cash in on that. Like, what is the, what is the one that's, like, uh, the train that... Um, Oh, I'm, I'm blanking on it, but it's like the series about the train where he has to defeat the train cars. Um, Adventure Time sort of cashes in on that too by being a series and not necessarily a movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like there's a whole... I, right. I definitely feel that I think if there's any form of film that should go through with a video game, I think a TV show works a hell of a lot better because if you try, let's say yeah. if there's ever a Halo movie... There is no way that they can cram everything that happens in Halo into a one and a half to two hour movie. Like, no. look at The Witcher on Netflix. Like, that was an epic. They're actually, they were books to begin with, The Witcher books. But um, the games are just long, epic RPGs. And Netflix was hip to that. And now we got, uh, which a lot of people compare The Witcher series to a ripoff of Game of Thrones. But, you know, they are original entities regardless. But it's a good move, I think, when more video game properties are TV shows as opposed to movies because it's more fleshed out. I'm glad you right, brought that up. Yeah, mission based or episode based or 
you know, they're more goal-oriented based and that would lend itself more to like a 12-episode series than a movie. Right, because you spend so much time, a player spends so much time in the world of one video game. We're talking hours and hours of of gameplay um, just to get to the end. And then, you know, there are the sequels. How do you combine that into a movie that is going to be inherently shorter um, and therefore less detailed. So it's not going to capture everything. I, I really feel like the best elements of turning a video game into a movie are when the video game itself has an undefined or poorly defined story or when the story is separated from the mechanics. So what I think made Angry, Bird a, Angry Birds a good movie is that the Angry Birds game didn't really have a story. It had a lore, but it didn't have like a really defined story. And the movie did not try and replicate the mechanics. It just, just lifted the lore. Like, yeah, I'm laughing. Like people are just like, but why are the birds so angry? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can't imagine like a writer's room where they're just like, but why? They're so angry. Like, I can't even imagine like. No, but, but the bird, the main character, was so relatable in his anger. <laughs> you know, he represents the worst of us in a way that we completely understand. And that didn't come directly from the game, right? Like, he, he as a red bird came from the game. His caricature came from the game. But his attitude, his dialogue didn't come directly from the game. They just added that in. And they could. There was room for it. And once a bird is angry... Do do enough people care? Like it's really <laughs> my other my other my other problem with it. <laughs> so you really got into Angry Birds because you want to see the emotional development and and arc <laughs> of of this bird voiced by Jason Sudeikis. Yes. Okay. Yes, he's so angry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now. <laughs> Okay, so so the simplicity of Angry Birds translated to a decent movie because all it is is pigs grab, uh, you know. Actually, I don't even know if that's in the app itself. You just know that the birds want to destroy the pigs because the pigs are bad. That's it. That's really it. No, the all the pigs are all of the elements are there, like the base elements. The pigs use machines and metal. They're tricksy. The birds, they started off as innocent and they're only angry because they want revenge. It's like all those elements are in there. But they own the skies. I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, Neil, you need to have a toddler. Like, I mean, like, that's the thing. It just feels like a question that I would never ask. Like, <laughs> I mean, like why are the birds angry? You would never ask that question. Why are they so angry? Like, we'll just watch Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds and you'll see more angry birds. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, like, it wouldn't even occur to me. <laughs> now, let's let's talk about movies that uh, from video games that we were all really excited to see, because I know that I, for one, was excited to see Doom come out with uh, Dwayne Johnson and Carl Urban. And I want that time back. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was just ridiculously disappointing. I never saw it myself, but I was I was pumped for two reasons. And I when it first was announced, I wanted to come out. Two reasons, obviously, because I think I think it was that year Doom Three came out, or maybe it was the year before Doom Three came out on PC. And I I love Doom Three, even though it was kind of a departure, but it still was great. And then also The Rock was in it. Well, I'm also a pro wrestling fan, so it was a double win for me. But then when the reviews came out, I still probably should have just saw it. Just, you know, for my own curiosity. But when I saw the reviews were coming out and said it was trash, I was like, yeah, maybe I should just skip this one. I remember uh, Dwayne Johnson coming on to The Daily Show and Jon Stewart was so thrilled that Doom was being made into a movie. And then he got so tickled when Dwayne Johnson brought the prop of the BFG and oh, he yeah. put it on his desk, and he was, like, going crazy. He's like, yeah, and, and I watching this, I was like, oh, my God, it's the BFG. It's and then you watch the movie, and spoiler alert, sorry, Adam. The, oh, no, I know what happens. Yeah, Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. The, the BFG gets fired twice 
And the second time, you don't even see it getting fired. Which is it's pretty much a travesty, <laughs> right? It's like you know, it's kind of like that's we've never seen the BFG in in real life. What's even worse, though, in my opinion, it's yeah, the BFG suck. But the biggest sucky thing about it is that the enemies were from a serum that transformed them into monsters. They weren't demons from hell like they should have been. How do you mess up that formula? Uh, it's demons just I don't hell, get it. Summoned by people on Mars. How do you mess that up? I don't. Oh, I'm all right. <laughs> well, so I'm I'm also going through, you know, the ones that I, I just saw. Let me go through these just off the top of my head uh, in no particular order. Uh, Street Fighter. Oh, God. Giant turd in the I, box that one was. I, I can't even attempt to watch such a movie. <laughs> now, <laughs> I, love how I, wa- I love how I watched that one, but I didn't watch Doom for whatever reason. <laughs> Now I now Street Fighter has its own like the production has its own troubled history. It's its own story, and it explains a lot of why the movie was as bad as it was. Um, a lot of it had to do with Raul Julia's cancer. Um, yeah. A lot of it had to do with the rush to production because they wanted it to come out. Uh, as a Christmas release, and they only had a few months to actually do it. But in spite of that, like there were no uh, special moves. Um, there was barely any semblance of a story. But it's like, there really wasn't that much to Mortal Kombat either. So how did Mortal Kombat succeed when Street Fighter didn't? And you can blame a lot of it on Street Fighter's production, but still, there's there's this like je ne sais quoi that makes Mortal Kombat much more enjoyable to watch. Rush to production. You could start there. You yeah. probably could end there. What music though? I think music really played a big role in Mortal yes, Kombat. Yes, yes. Beautiful point. There's a lot to like about the music in that movie. It was, well, and the thing yeah. is too with Mortal Kombat, I think the reason why it was way more fondly remembered than the Street Fighter movie was that I think Mortal Kombat stayed in its lane. It was still a movie about a fighting tournament and stopping Shang Tsung from merging Outworld with Earth. Street Fighter, on the other hand, there were so many subplots and sub-stories and stopping this terrorist organization, which really the game Street Fighter is, again, a fighting tournament. Really is what it is. Right, they but were they sh- story that was not great, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, so, they, yeah. they changed, like, the character. Like, Dalsim was a scientist, and he was morphing some dude named Carlos into Blanca. And that was just dumb. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme was Guile, and Guile's American, and Jean-Claude Van Damme is not, so there's an accent. It's just just a pile. Um, yeah, I really appreciated what the high score had to say about like Mortal Kombat because the way that they started was like we started these like eight to twelve characters and then like we like we kind of like played with them a little bit. And that you know, Blanca's like I never really wondered about Blanca's backstory when I played these games, right? It was just it was just fun to play, right? So I think right. that like there's yeah, they try to insert story. Like people need story, which is sometimes true in a movie. There's a lot of aspects of a movie, but like this was just a case where I don't think it needed any. So right. yeah, the 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 I, world. Think about Xena, Warrior Princess. <laughs> doesn't take itself seriously. It doubles down on ridiculousness. Right. That's all they had to do with Street Fighter. Dalsen is some weird yogi dude who learned how to stretch his limbs and do kung fu like that. That's all they had to do. Yeah, yeah. like the limbs should be super extra stretchy. They should do weird stretchy shit and like that'd be fun, <laughs> right? In a movie. So here's the the criticism I'm getting is that when the world build is too complex, it takes you away from what really matters, which is the gameplay. Right. Well, not necessarily the gameplay, but, but departing from the lore too much. Like, everything yeah. in the Mortal Kombat movie hit the lore perfectly. Like, there was even when the reptile fight happened. You finally saw reptile. Reptile was the biggest secret in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Shang Tsung, the infamous line, your soul is mine. Like, that's all become relevant to the game because that's what Shang Tsung did. He, he sucked the souls out of people. I mean, Dalsim was not a scientist. Like, come on now. No, but let me go to a movie then, or at least a franchise where it actually stayed quite true to its world build, and I felt was still a crappy series of movies, and that's Resident Evil. And uh, uh, yeah, but the problem with Resident Evil series is that it didn't 
like Jill Valentine didn't come till I think the second or third mer- movie. Right. She wasn't like that's that's the main character of Resident Evil. Let's be re- and Leon Kennedy, uh, and Chris Redfield. Those are like the main three. You didn't see those characters till after Mila Jovovich. Her character was original to the movie franchise, and they just kind of went with her. Which I get. It was a box office success so they're going to go with what works but if you're looking for true video game lore within resident evil it's thin yeah there's umbrella yeah there's there's the zombies and all that but i think it kind of outstretched itself well yeah but you have umbrella and the zombies and isn't i mean how i know it sounds really weird but like how important is jill valentine chris redfield and wesker and their relationship uh, as part of the video game um, and do we need to see that in a movie? Oh, so not, but the, a lot of it has to do with like control and context. So the the things that Resident Evil that make Resident Evil very good to play are the fixed camera angles in a lot of ways because they're meant to like scare the pants off you, right? The reason that Resident Evil is so terrifying is because you can't, it's not open world, you can't change the camera, right? So you're forced to see the the scary thing and um, the tension and the limited resources like those make really good those I, I don't know in my opinion that makes like the game really fun to play because as well it's, it's as the scary scares. and the things in a movie that make a movie fun like think about like you're bringing it like I'm old but like theoretically you're bringing like a date to a movie and like you're you know like you're 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 single and so like a jump scare is really fun when you're on a date and horror and but campy horror is good um but also like not campy horror that you know isn't that doesn't make sense or doesn't mentally turn you off like the um like the you know not friday the 13th but the uh the jason series is like it's super campy but there's not that's that's friday the 13th is it oh is it no is it oh, okay right freddy krueger so, is nightmare on elm street Oh yeah, no, you're right. Uh, so yeah, so like, there's not there's a campy element to it, but there's no like uncanny valley element to mm-hmm. it. And so like, as long as they stay away from the stuff that like you know isn't mentally hard to grasp or doesn't impact the campy jump scares, like they're probably okay, right? And I think there's a sense of editing there that makes a lot of sense. Right? I think that's kind of what they were trying to go for with the first Resident Evil. Even yeah. though we don't have Jill Valentine, we have Alice, uh, played by Millie Jovovich, and she is, we uh, wake up with her not knowing what is going on. So we're uh, experiencing everything along with her. Structurally, though, the movie fails because once the zombies start coming in, it isn't scary anymore because it's just, you you know, you're, I guess it's because you're not in control. You're just watching somebody else actually be bad at a video game. Right. Like you don't care as much. And so because it's not your life or your life on the screen, uh, I think you're right about that. Like, I think that, and, and that's the, that's an element that doesn't translate to the movie. Counterpoint. I like that movie. No, no, yeah. I, I, I I think you're right. I think Omar's also right. Like it's less impactful. Like I, I had to shut off Resident Evil like several times, but I didn't have to like shut off the movie. <laughs> and also you right. have a, you know, terrible antagonist in my opinion, in the form of the Umbrella Corporation, which is like, why are they doing this? Right. Yeah. The, the game is kind of the same way. Cause <laughs> they're, you know, on the surface, they're considered a pharmaceutical company, but, you know, that's a front for their... They're essentially trying to cre- create bioweapons and all these off-products that have come from it are the zombies, are the... Well, actually, the, that, yeah, that like that's the, a good um, point that you bring up, is that, you know, when you... Uh, you're more forgiving in a certain medium than you are in a different one. It, it just brought to mind, like, okay, if you're a fan of comic books and you're reading Batman and... Why is, you know, why is the Joker still alive? Why is Arkham <laughs> treated seriously? You know, after decades, you know, the Joker come, you know, busts out. Batman refuses to kill him. He gets thrown back, rinse and repeat. And yet, you know, you wouldn't accept that from a movie series. You'd be like, okay, this is this is ridiculous. Uh, so like, there's a bit more realism expected in a movie than there is 
in an ongoing series of video games, like in comic books. Yeah, much like how Joker has been locked up and, and released over and over again, and Resident Evil, Wesker has died and come back to life multiple times. So it's not out of the realm of possibility between the two. Would you agree, all of you, that perhaps porting, to use a video game terminology, a video game from a, a console or PC to a movie wouldn't work as well as it would, say, a television series where you would have the amount of time to develop the world. I agree. I think, I think TV shows work so much better for video games than a movie. You can really flesh things out. You can really you can add things from the game and then build on top of it. A movie, you just have such a time constraint. I think it depends. Like, I think, I think, um, like, uh, a lot of video games were very episodic. Like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a video port, but pro- like a movie port, but probably should have been probably did much better on television with episodes because the that's just the purpose. I mean, Bebop and Rocksteady and Shredder aren't going away; they're always there. So it's more like episodic, right? What are we doing this episode versus like, uh, you know, we talked about Horizon Zero Dawn, which is basically like an open and shut story. Like it has a, a known story and a fixed kind of position, right? You know, I, it's the same with Alien Isolation, right? Like one of the ones that I nominated for my top five, right? It's, you would hope with that kind of alien, there's only so many um, stories you would be able to tell. All right, <laughs> let's pretend we're executives. Okay, I'm going to give a video game title, and for 10 minutes, we're going to brainstorm on how a television series would be structured around it. And I'm going to throw out a whole bunch of titles, so uh, we'll, we'll do uh, um, one at a time. Uh, so first, Legend of Zelda. How would that work out? What would you need to establish first? I, I think uh. a timeline, which I think people have struggled with for a long time um, with Legend of Zelda because there isn't one, but I think <laughs> logical progression of like, there's a lot there, right? Like he turns into a wolf. He's like, wh- why is he always rescuing Zelda? You know, there's a lot there that can be used episodically, but like, you know, I would think a timeline, some cohesiveness is necessary. Well, okay. I think a history of ridiculous levels of optimism you have to establish that as well because if you go back to the original zelda this guy's just out there doing things just to do them for the princess you know for the good and where does that come from you know don't you ever get bummed not not link (laughs) well i think you would always start off if you're going to do zelda probably the origin of the triforce you know how that came into Hyrule and Hyrule itself, kind of an introduction to that. Establish Hyrule. The, yeah, establish Hyrule and the Triforce and the gods and how they created it. And then um, the different races, like there's the Gorons, there's the Zoras, there's uh, the Gerudos, and then, of course, the Highlands and the, the Kokairi is what they're called. And then just kind of establish why Link is, you know, always kind of the silent protagonist because, you know, maybe he it's a bit of an outcast and then some kind of hand of destiny interplays and legend of Zelda or not just Zelda herself kind of winds her way into the, uh, the life of link. And then, and then you have just Ganon. Goes there with Ganondorf and then having yeah. to travel to these different continents, like interacting with the Gorons, interacting with the Zoras, finding the master sword, going through and trying to unlock his true power Ganon starts to take over. I mean, it could you could branch out in so many different ways, and you can use certain games like Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask or even um, Link to the Past as your kind of background. But really, it would probably the beginnings would be like the origin story of Hyrule and the and the Triforce. Okay, now right. let's let's Are we uh, specifying story arc or episodic here. No, but I think it could be episodic because it's like it's sort of like Doctor Who, right? Like, is Link curious? He not. You know, it's 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 always an open question. Like it it needs to be episodic, I think, for the to explore the different races and to look at that. I think there's way more there. You know, now the uh, gameplay has consistently been Link goes into a dungeon or in Breath of the Wild a, a temple and figured out puzzles. 
uh, how would watching a character work out puzzles work on a TV series or movie? I don't think it would. I think they'd have to swap out the puzzles or just not necessarily action, but more moody environments, more more uh, battles as opposed to there could be a puzzle here and there, like how to lower a drawbridge or something. But even the most uh, devoted fan of Zelda, if they're watching this, they're not going to want to sit there for 30 minutes and try to watch him solve a random puzzle in a dungeon. Well, so what you were targeting, because like, you know, when you, if you watch as an adult, if you go back and watch like Hanna-Barbera or like the Thundercats, like you're like, this is absolute garbage, but it's because you're an adult. Like kids, maybe they're okay with like, I didn't, you know, I don't realize that I have to like, hop over three laser beams and then like hit a switch right i mean i think well maybe the audience is needs what is it going to be younger older you tell us omar i think that kids these days will have no tolerance for any type of thing that that stretches believability hmm like it was too easy i have to i have to hop three lasers and like hit a switch like too easy dad uh, something like that, yeah. But then again, you know, how much time are you going to spend on that? And is that what you would want to see when you say coming out next year, The Legend of Zelda? Or maybe the tension of an Octorok like reanimating itself that has been in the ground for a thousand years and you saving a villager or the damsel in distress is better than a puzzle. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so, okay. So let's uh, table Legend of Zelda. Let's move on to something like Halo. Probably beginning with really because the way the Halo game started, the humans were already in conflict with the Covenant. So I almost feel like you have to start the series that way. You can't like do this long drawn out reason. It's like, why is the Covenant attacking Earth? A lot why of these is... seem to like need um, two to, you know, three minute introductions like you know on on the screen you know a narrator saying you know in the year blah 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 this happened right. blah 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 a race of blah 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 happened in conflict i mean it would really it would almost see when we get later on with later series they start to like halo realizes okay great gun gameplay but also on top of it there is a story there is a lore so they wouldn't have to it, and it's the game itself is in the campaign is broken down by chapters anyway so you could almost do it episodically that way as well, unless you're really looking for something truly original. But I just don't know if um, that many people would be interested in a Halo game if it was not Master Chief, or a Halo TV show if it wasn't involved with Master Chief. Yeah, like you'd have to have certain uh, characters that it would have to be there. Master Chief, Cortana. Captain uh, Keys. Yeah. And uh, Doctor What's-Her-Face. Maybe. Uh, yeah. And Halsley, too. Um, well, even with the cup. Sorry, are you describing the actual Halo TV show that I think that was on Netflix? Well, there There's was. Wor they're working on one. I think they're working on one. And, and I've seen, yeah, there were like, you know, some like one shot movies that took place within the universe. But you had to have known or have played the game in order to understand what's going on. Like mm -hmm. there, there was a, a live action Halo movie where this, I, I think it was an ODST team went to the ruins of the first destroyed Halo from the first game. But within it, like, there was no explanation of, you know, who the Covenant was. Uh, they didn't, I don't think they mentioned anything about the Spartan program. Um, they didn't mention anything about AI. So it was just a self-contained, you know, sort of like a, how Solo or Rogue One, a Star Wars story, it was this, right. a Halo story. Well, and that's why they had the books come out even before before the original. Well, actually, I think the books came out after the game came out. But then there was there was Halo First Strike, Halo Fall of Reach. I'm trying to think chronologically. I think it was Halo Fall of Reach, First Strike, and then the actual Halo game. So, I mean, they've already fleshed out so much backstory for Halo. Like, they can even start the series then if they wanted to. Or they could start it with the current conflict and have flashbacks of Master Chief being you know taken into the program at age two or three or whatever they they did for the spartan program um how reach fell with uh noble team 
so on and so forth. Like they could tie all that in, and I think they would probably do a lot of that with flashbacks, kind of keep the audience engaged that way. But when you see all of this stuff as somebody who's played the game, wouldn't you be bored knowing what's going to happen? Not necessarily, because I feel with a lot of that lore being written and not shown in video game for, form, you really, you're limited by your imagination. And yeah, you'll see it um, transpire and then it kind of is a damper, but it's also like, okay, this is someone's artistic representation of the events before Halo Combat evolved. Do they match with my envisioning of it or is it something completely different? So I guess it depends on perspective, but I would like to see that just to see how they flesh it out. Okay. Metroid. Hmm. I want to hear Galvin talk about this. Oh, I would love to see a movie series flushes all like or sometime a TV series flushes all out because it's like Ridley and Samuel's Aaron's relationship, like why she's a bounty hunter in the first place, where she goes, you know, she's also a character that makes some morally questionable decisions at certain points in the game. Like that's a really good untapped resource, I think. Yeah, there's very uh there's very little outside media for Metroid. Like there was the Game Master show, which Mother Brain, which is the antagonist to uh, Samus, was on that show. But Samus and other stuff for Metroid wasn't really on there. And Metroid lay dormant for almost a decade between the release of Super Metroid and then Metroid Prime. Um, now it's kind of been reestablished. But Metroid is one of those series that's kind of not really been Nintendo's big seller or big wheelhouse but people love it and i think it, it would have in a weird way though it would almost kind of work like halo because again you didn't know the backstory of samus until all this was written out by nintendo themselves like how samus was an orphan and the chozo took her in and she had the ancient armor which became her, her suit yeah, like things happen and like right, it's it's very episodic, right? Like especially because like they have all these games, and that's what I'm, that's what I mean is like it's it's prime material that could be mining for that, right? It, I would tune to that for sure. One yeah. last one: Red Dead Redemption. Ooh, ooh, <sighs> that's just kind of. I mean, I think it's almost hard. It's almost hard to do a show for that because it's really so derivative of other spaghetti western cinemas like tombstone and wyatt earp and uh anything with uh, john wayne and uh that kind of the same reason why we won't probably see a grand theft auto movie because again it's just derivative of crime movies that have come out in the past it's like a homage to them especially when you play vice city that was essentially an homage to uh scarface so yeah. it's kind of hard to do a movie based on a, a an homage of a previous movie you know I, would... I never played Red Dead Redemption, so my most most of my experience around that was the South Park episode. <laughs> that's that's a good one, actually. But it was like it's it's very it's a very good game in the sense that it has those things in the game. It's the same as like We Happy Few, right? Like you play like We Happy, mm-hmm. Few, a really good immersive experience. Like, but I don't even know if that would translate into like, and it's got a good story. I just don't think it would translate to like a a, a movie or a tv series because so much of what you like you are very much like so much of what the game is doing to you like the lore and the and and what's happening to the game is because you're controlling it i don't i don't know if that would really translate very well and as cool as the characters were in red dead redemptions one and two like you know everyone loves john mars and arthur morgan i thought was even better and of course dutch vanderlyn being you know the main bad guy as cool as they were i just don't think they have that real drawing power to bring people in because of their bad because they're just not they're not as established as someone as a master chief as a samus Aran, as uh you know link it, it's hard to really get them to that level because really at the end of the day they're cowboys on the frontier in the wild west it's i mean it's been done so much unfortunately now are are we completely leaving out the uh the netflix style choose your own path uh video like oh, what gosh, they did with no. Black Mirror? Like, if they had more of that, and it had a better, like, I don't know if I like the interface, but I mean, if, if that was more possible and accessible to people in TV, I think, like, right, Red Dead Redemption, Redemption would be more 
would lend itself more to that format or like we happy like i said that's why i compared to like we happy few it's we happy few is only impactful because you choose things right like you experience the joy drunkenness like when you're trying to pass through checkpoints or you know what i mean it's 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 very much very locked into like you're choosing to do these things if right? that's like, the case if that's happening. the case what is the difference then than playing an actual video game no, no, it's not. Well, I don't think there's a difference. I think it's just a consumable aspect of it. Like, that's the point. Like, the reason why some of these games are so impactful is because you do, you are forced, like, it's you when you are, like, you're, they're like, hey, you choose. It's like, well, then I am that character. So that gives more impact to what's happening. So I, I think if they do that medium, it does exactly what the video game is supposed to do. There is an there's an analog to this. I mean, not analog. There's a simile. There's when you see somebody live stream their game, and they take input from their live stream audience. Should I go left or should I go right? It, it's very similar sort of thing. And so you can ask the same question: Is are you really playing a video game at that point? If you're just telling somebody what to do, and the answer is no. I think in either case, you're not playing a video game. But it's something that's close. It's. Uh, Similarly, right? You wanted that to happen. You thought about it. You it affected you more than it would if you just watched someone do something. So I, I think that's the part of that's that's the point of the medium, right? I, I think about it as a video game on rails. In which case, you it's it's basically easy mode video gaming. So then, would there really be a point to making this? Uh, you know, to adapting a video game uh, where you know, you are in this world, you are immersed in this story, you learn about all of these things and spend hours upon hours figuring all of this stuff out. Would it be worth it then to actually make a movie out of it? And like, who would it be for? Do you want to share this? How would you want to share this experience with somebody who has never played the video game? Oh, gosh, there's there's a middle ground. Like, I mean, there's a whole company called Telltale Games that like makes video games that are literally the Netflix choose your own adventure game. Right. And point and click adventure. Yeah. Right, point and click adventure. Like that's the, I, I think that that should be more distributed now that we have so much technology. Right. Like now that you're not, you know, trying to tune in a, a certain time slot, a certain day you know, to watch something right now, it's all on demand and you're in more control of it. I think that it should be more that way because it is more immersive. I don't, I don't think it should like continue to exist. Uh, I don't think a lot of shows should continue to exist in the form that they're in. Like if you think about Alias from years ago, right. It was such a great television show, but in reality, if it was like a choose your own adventure hub, it's so much better. Yeah. I, I think there's some, there's some validity to that. Like, so imagine you could, uh, watch a, like a, a soccer match or football, as you say, and then tell the players and the coach what to do. Like they're basically live streaming. And should we, you know, punt down the field and but et cetera. Isn't that what Madden and FIFA is all about? But that's the only reason it's, why it's fun. <laughs> but now you're, now you're live streaming Madden. And that's a new sort of TV show that I think most of the mainstream would not be into unless you get got them to sit down and try it. Like this, this TV show is really good if you just pull up this keyboard and type what you want to see happen. Then I think you would get some main, you would peel off some mainstream people. But I think the movie format, the TV show series format, yeah, is people, for the mainstream. You you would you grab more people that way. People can always watch, but yeah, like if if we could measure, like that's the only reason why Madden is fun, right? If you look at like how they program the game or how like it came out right it only makes sense because there was an element of like there was an element of coaching applied to it like you there were stats and there were there was programming applied but like you ultimately like you had to pick your players and you know choose your your moves but then they they were sort of like once you called the play they were on their own right that's how football really works so I mean, I think that there's, I think of people's enjoyment. If you look at all the ways the fans, like when I go to a, a hockey game and like Goat is at, at the Caps in, in DC and like Goat is, stands up and he's on the Jumbotron and he's like, let's go Caps, right? That's the point of it is like the fans are in control and it's more fun. Well, how do you adapt 
that feeling into a movie. And and like a sort of part B to that question is think of a game that you haven't seen in, you know, transferred to a movie or television show that you love. What would you want somebody who's never played the game to experience? Yeah, yeah like it just depends. I think it just depends on uh what you're really into and if the person you're trying to show is into that as well. Like, so one that comes to mind for me would be Ninja Gaiden. If they did a movie on Ninja Gaiden, one of the things that I love about it is just the smooth action melee combat that's in there. Well, core gameplay like that does not translate well into a movie. So the main selling point, in my opinion, wouldn't even be in there that much, which in turn would not want to make the person I'm trying to convince really want to watch it anyway if they don't get to see it either so it's just it's so hard to really determine what game could become a good movie and vice versa but it has to give you the same emotion like if there was video like like so there's parts of like the matrix right with the 360 filming that like made you feel like there's like the same emotion as when you're like doing a ninja gaiden run through right i mean so i think i think like the movie has to capture the movie's goal is to capture that emotion because that person's not playing the game. They're more like, so it has to convey the same emotion, which it could do. I mean, with you know, it's possible, I think, with some filmography, like maybe to get close. And then, of course, like, I think we've seen a, a series like that. Like, I honestly think that, like, Battlestar Galactica was a video, like, it was a non-existent video game turned into a movie. And... I think that it hit all the high points, right? If you look at what Battlestar Galactica hit, it was like, it hit the emotion, it hit the story, it hit the characters. But like, if you were playing a video game like Battlestar Galactica, you would spend a lot of time in combat fights in the technical parts of the game. And you would spend a lot of time in the statistical analysis of the fleet. But then when you look at the series, it spends more time on like the emotion and the characters. And like, I think... I think Battlestar Galactica is, is like the 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 movie and the series that we've seen that best embodies like a good translation. It just didn't have a video game to go along with it. So you basically just made up a video game from a television series. Yeah, like I <laughs> right, like like what so, so what Adam said, right? Like that like, and Alias, amazing movie. As long as it captured the emotion of each run through and also included the story behind like Ninja Gaiden. Like that would make, like I, 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 this is also one of my favorite games. So I totally agree. Let me uh, ask you this, um, each of you, and doesn't have to be in any particular order. And I'll definitely go first top, uh, moments in video gaming for you guys that evoked the most emotion. Uh, and it, it doesn't have to be any particular emotion, but it definitely has to be a visceral one. Um, for me, one that always sticks out is the end of Halo 4, I believe, when Cortana sacrifices herself. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is something that, you know, that emotion was genuine. Somebody yeah. back, somebody back me up on that one. <laughs> no, it's no, no, no. That's Halo 4 ending like that. That was because Cortana was such a huge part of uh master chief and everything like that and you could tell it affected him but God, it also affected me, you as a player because you know she's in your ear the entire time oh yeah yeah i mean she was such a it was almost like spoilers but a major character that died in star wars that in the new trilogy that was incredibly heartbreaking kind of similar to that regard even though she was just an ai so no i i get it trust me i really do I guess for me, I mean, bouncing back and forth, I think the obvious one would be when, uh, spoilers, Aerith gets uh, gutted by Sephiroth in Final Fantasy VII. Completely unexpected, mm. completely OS. Can't believe that happened. And then probably in Majora's Mask, when uh, you get sucked into the moon and then you're in that like tranquil garden and you see all the kids playing around. And it was like kind of the polar opposite of what was happening in the world at that time where it was essentially Armageddon. Now you're in this peaceful landscape and you got to turn over all your masks. If you got them on and you got the one mask that can kill Majora. Finally, I am struggling to find an example, but I am going to do something related. 
help me out with the name of this game. I believe it was a Disney game called Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Oh. I remember my niece and nephew getting to the end of that game in tears. I didn't even see what the end was, but they were so affected. And I think I took them out to McDonald's. I just felt so bad. <laughs> That's a good, yeah. good, good heart of you. Uh, yeah, there are two for me, I think, recently. Like, so Bioshock. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the first time you, like, save a little girl versus harvest her, I think, was a big one. And then um, the point at the end where, like, I think, the th- you know, if you play Bioshock Infinite and then they're like, there's always you know, who he is. Like, we learn the whole story. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. And then... um Would you kindly? Yeah, well, oh, yes. And the would yeah. you kindly... Yeah, you're right. The would, would you kindly were just like... <gasps> or like, you know, yeah, that was a moment, I think, when you figure out that what the phrase would you kindly really is. And that was a shocker. Horizon Zero Dawn, obviously, like, when you figure out what that is, that is just like... <gasps> Like, you know, it was this moment, like, I can't believe it. Ted, you know, Ted Farrow's a dick uh, moment. Um, you know, kind of like Bioshock. When you when you kind of understand the history of Bioshock 2, like, there's moments when you walk around the world and the characters say things that are, like, very specific from Anne Rand. And you, in Bioshock 2, there's a moment where you walk through this museum of the history of the subterranean world. And um, there's like these animatronic sections where they spell out, you know, oh, the church believes that it should have its, that that it should keep all its tithes and the state says no. And like, you know, it's just like, it's a very amazing part. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be like, I would think Bioshock has a lot of moments so many moments where I'm just like, like, like that projector in the beginning when you're in there's like, no, says the man in Washington. It belongs to no, the White yeah. House. Yeah. You're like, you're like, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And then you look around at the people that are left over in the civilization. You're like, wait, this could go wrong. Now, let me um, ask Scott, Colum- Columbia and uh, Rapture. God, great, great environment building. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And, and then like the second one, I would think is the moment that I had this like, I'll wet my pants moment is like um, the part in Alien Isolation where like you're fighting, you're like avoiding an alien. And then like, there's a point where of course you, you find out that the entire station is infested with thousands of them. And you're like, (laughs) the moment I think like, that was a really big moment for me. Like where that part, part in the game where you're just like, you realize like, it's not one alien. There are thousands of them. Holy crap. You know, it's, 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 it's well-timed for sure. Now, would you say that, uh, for those who, you know, won't have time to play the games, would they get some of this from watching the gameplay or the walkthrough or the cutscenes on YouTube? Oh yeah. That's huge now. That's so huge. Yeah. In Bioshock, especially, like, um, so I, I think even if you're not playing, I think like the whole because the way that they staged it was like you're walking through this like museum and this playthrough and this projector, you know, uh, this you have to play the projector to move forward in the game. So I think it translates really well to YouTube, to be quite honest. Um, and that's why I think it really works. Um, for Alien Isolation, I don't think like that section. I don't think so because you're like your the whole game is like you surviving as this alien, and then all of a sudden you find out that like it's not one; it's so many. And yeah, a live stream, however. Yeah, a live stream maybe would be better. Yeah, so some of them not so much. I think it depends. All right, final thing. I threw out some titles in there. Are there any titles that you would like to see translated into not a TV series, but a movie? Hmm. Well, I think Horizon Zero Dawn deserves a movie. Overwatch. No question. Yeah. Probably God of War for me. Yeah, I think God of War at this point has enough floor to do it. And, and I think the Alien series should continue um, outside of Ridley Scott because it just takes... So I, I like all of his movies, but it just takes like so long to get a new one. And we've already seen good storytelling in other mediums so you could have more for sure. me it would be wolfenstein oh be, that's a good choice too yeah mm. i mean you already got built in bad guys with nazis <laughs> yeah 
Everyone's yeah. going to be all in and seeing them die. Very timely. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I want to thank Adam Chirac. Yeah, you can find me at thegamingmarathon.com along with my co-hosts, Asad Syed and Dennis Sinek. We do a show every Thursday and we stream random games on Twitch and YouTube. You can find all that at thegamingmarathon.com. Thanks to Jennifer Galvin. Thank you very much. I don't know if you can find me, but I am on Twitter and uh, other social media. And thank you to Neil Pitts. Hi, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Um, you have made me realize just how big of a part video games are in my life. I wouldn't say you'd be able to find me anywhere, but I'm definitely floating about on Twitter. Sometimes on, I'm starting to get more on Reddit. And you can find this show, like ARC, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at ARC Reviews. And you can, and please subscribe uh, on iTunes. And uh, you can find it at artsreviewandcommentary.com and omarlatiri.com. Don't forget to shop Amazon and Fandango at those sites. My name is Omar Latiri, and thank you very much, you three. This is ARC. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. 